Welcome back to another episode of Mission in 5, the podcast. We have a special episode for you this week. We're going to be focusing on something called Fresh Expressions. Uh, For those who don't know, Fresh Expressions is an organization that helps congregations and denominations cultivate new kinds of church alongside existing congregations to more effectively engage our growing post-Christian society. On February 2nd, American Baptist Churches of Nebraska will be partnering with Fresh Expressions along with the United Methodist Churches here in Nebraska. We're going to gather at the Water's Edge United Methodist Church in Western Omaha. We're going to be doing something called a Vision Day. Now, a Vision Day is a one-day training event that provides the perfect opportunity to discover what it means to be a church in new and creative ways. While there, you're going to hear from Fresh Expression practitioners, learn how to renew existing congregations through Fresh Expressions of the Church, and discern what it could mean for your local church to try something new in your context. At the training, there's going to be some great discussion and and a great way to build some networks and build some relationships and, and those sort of things. You can register for this Vision Day at freshexpressionsus.org. Go to the Events tab and scroll down. You'll see Vision Day Omaha. You can use that information to uh, register for that event. Now, in order to teach us more about Fresh Expressions U.S., we're bringing in our special guest today. His name is Travis Collins. Travis is the senior pastor at First Baptist Church in Huntsville, Alabama. He is the author of several books, including From the Steeple to the Street and Fresh Expressions of the Church. He was the former director of mission advancement for Fresh Expressions U.S., and he is going to come and speak at our Fresh Expressions event on February 2nd um, at the Water's Edge Church. Travis holds a Ph.D. in Christian missions and is a member of the Fresh Expressions U.S. team. He and his wife, Carrie, have three grown children and a growing number of grandchildren. So stay tuned and learn more about uh, Fresh Expressions U.S., and learn more about who Travis Collins is. Well, thank you for joining me on the uh, podcast today, Travis. I appreciate you taking the time to speak with us. It's my honor, Greg. Well, uh, our format is easy enough. We ask uh, ministry practitioners like yourself five simple questions uh, to learn more about who you are and where you see God moving in your community. So let's just jump right in. Question number one, who are you? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, my, uh, the, the title probably by which I go most often is uh, Pastor of First Baptist Church of Huntsville, Alabama. Um, my wife Carrie and I have three uh, grown kids and a growing number of grandchildren, four so far. Uh, former missionary to uh, Venezuela and then Nigeria, and um, love to write, uh, love to play golf, and... Um, uh, just finished another year of officiating high school football. That's my uh, one of my hobbies. I, I already am looking forward to next year. Wow, very good. So um, how did you get to Huntsville? How did you become pastor of Huntsville? And then um, tell us a little bit about your connections with Fresh Expressions. Yeah. Well, okay, so right out of college, I... Um, I went to Venezuela as a two-year missionary that Baptist, program Baptist had that allowed young adults to spend two years alongside career missionaries. Um, I didn't do that, quite honestly, as a, so much as of, of a spiritual thing, as much as a, you know, I wasn't sure what I was going to do post-college, and um, 
it certainly didn't didn't know I was going to be a minister, and so this just seemed like a good way to kind of fill out two years while I figured things out. But <laughs> while there, I, I, um, I, I had what is for me, or was for me, a dramatic call to international missions. And mm. I didn't know what kind of missionary I'd be. I'd never uh, preached. In fact, I'd only done a couple of devotions, and one of those was a big-time disaster. A, a Valentine's <laughs> banquet that went bad. But um, I... Um, so, long story short, I ended up with an opportunity to preach in Venezuela at an English-language church. It, it felt like putting on a glove that fit, and so I came back, and um, my wife, Carrie, who had experienced a call to um, missions in college, she and I got married and went to seminary, hmm. expecting to go back to uh, Latin America, but I fell in love with learning, and um, I, I had frankly not been a good high school and college student, just very, I don't know, mediocre. And um, mm. But I fell in love with learning, and, and in that sense, the call to teach. And so I, I did a Ph.D. in Christian missions at uh, Southern Seminary, Southern Baptist Seminary in Louisville. And um, then we went to where they were looking for someone to teach missions and preaching, which were my two main areas. And so we went to of Bomashaw, Nigeria, where I taught at a seminary. Wow. And uh, on our first furlough, we, um, I was paged in the Birmingham, Alabama airport to say, those were the days before cell phones, people got paged in those days. Okay. Said that my dad had had a, a devastating stroke, which, again, to kind of shorten the story, uh, changed the course of our lives. I am my mother's only child, and so... So we stayed back to uh, take care of her, and I became a pastor in um, in Kentucky, and then moved in 2002 to Richmond, Virginia. And at that church in Richmond, Bon Air Baptist Church, mm-hmm. um, it was a church that had just a few, well, about a year earlier, had started a a thing for people in recovery. It began as Celebrate Recovery, but quickly grew beyond the... Um, I guess the model of Celebrate Recovery, and actually became a a new form of church for people in recovery and their friends and family. This was long before the, the phrase "fresh expressions" had been had crossed the pond into the to North America. So uh, we didn't know what to call it. It, it was just uh, well, we didn't have phraseology for it. Then, yeah. then we went to a vision day and. Um, lady on our staff, Valerie Carter, said, we need to take that ministry to the prostitutes to the next level. And mm. um, we had this thing that we'd go one Friday night a month. We walked on the streets of Richmond where the prostitutes work, and um, we knew them. They knew us. There were probably half a dozen to eight of us who would go. And um, so after having been at the vision, the, the Fresh Expressions Vision Day, uh, she said, let's take this to the next level. So we began something called Wendy's on Wednesday, which is a new form of church for prostitutes. Then uh, somewhere in there, we, we began a, a new form of church for internationals, mainly first-generation internationals, uh, led by a couple in our church. Well, he's uh, Vietnamese, and she's French. And Anyway, starting these things, which was very much natural for 
that church, we, we came to find out or are called fresh expressions of church that, you know, beginning with that thing we, we started for people in recovery, or they did about a year before I got there. So, um, because our church had become a, a sort of a launching pad for, or a seed bed for new, new forms of church, I, I began to have conversations with Chris Backert, who's the national director of Fresh Expressions U.S., and uh, came on the theme. I mean, I, I left the pastorate in 2014 and became a member of the uh, Fresh Expressions U.S. team full-time traveling around and writing and speaking and helping other churches, you know, tall steeple or any established church, figure out how to do new forms of church for people highly unlikely ever to come through their doors. Hmm. Uh, while I was doing that, and boy, this is turning into quite a long story. I'll no, it's good. try to keep it. Yeah, so I, um, I began to fly to, to Huntsville, Alabama, to First Baptist, to be the interim preacher. I would fly down on Saturdays and fly home either uh, Sunday night or early Monday morning. I was just the interim preacher. My predecessor, yeah. a friend of mine, David Hull, had retired, and uh, there was no plan for me to be uh, the pastor. I, I, it was, it just wasn't in the plan. And so I did this for 14 months and left, uh, frankly, you know, traveling every week made me uh, a a rock star with Delta, but it, you know, it's, it's pretty rigorous. And <laughs> yeah. I so imagine. I left first, yeah, I left First Baptist as interim to be First Baptist at a church in Richmond where we lived, which mm-hmm. was just a lot easier. Yeah. And then uh, ended up back in March as the permanent pastor here at uh, First Baptist, which, and, and the reasons for that we can go into if it's helpful, but frankly, I missed being a pastor. I think I'm mm-hmm. wired to have a a family, a, yeah. a, a people to call my own, and, you know, I was having a growing number of friends across the country. Uh, I was having a growing number of acquaintances ac- across the country, but I missed, uh, I missed kids, I missed being, I missed being a pastor. Yeah. And this is just, this is the happiest, healthy church, frankly, I've ever seen up close. Wow. And so, it was, uh, it was a thrill for us to, to come back here. But coming here, uh, I said, you know, if I do come, then I'm going to bring with me this passion for new forms of church for people highly unlikely ever to walk through the doors of First Baptist or First Methodist or First Presbyterian or First anything else. And so they shared, you know, I'd kind of been sharing that passion during the interim, and they had already begun to catch the, the vision and so since I've been here, we've begun uh, four. One is among people in recovery called Bright Star. Another among people in the arts community called Heartfelt Expressions. Uh, another in an underserved neighborhood. The neighborhood's named Butler Terrace, and the fresh expression of church is, is Dinner Church. Mm-hmm. We just began Gamer.Church, an, ex- uh, an attempt to engage people who spend a lot of time playing video games, and we're still trying to figure that out. That's right. a, It's a large, I think, untapped mission field, but but we've got to be really creative to engage them. And then we have a professor at the University of Alabama at Huntsville who's quite the renowned guy who is um, pulling together a team who, after the holidays, will try to begin a new form of church among 
the scientific community in Huntsville. Wow. Huntsville is a Huntsville has a lot of uh, brain power with um, NASA and uh, a big. Uh, uh, on uh, they 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 chart the human genome. I'm trying uh, genetics kind of uh, place and mm-hmm. lots of subsidiary kinds of companies and so. Frankly, Greg, I think that could be the biggest thing that ever came out of this. If wow. we if we figure out how to tap into and make a difference in the scientific community, because lots of them are not going to come, they're not just going to come sure. through the doors on Sunday morning at, at First Baptist. So that's how you. I, I've forgotten now that question you asked me, but how I became <laughs> pastor here. Well, very <laughs> that good. question about twenty minutes ago. No, no. So that's good. the question. The question how I got here is I, be, I was the interim and then became pastor, but brought with me this uh, passion that I had been living out as a full-time member of the Fresh Expressions U.S. team. All right, very okay, good. Okay, I'll take a breath. No, that's good. That's good. You did some mission work. You had this experience of, of working outside the box doing doing mission work. And so so these churches, they, they, they tried different ways of doing ministry that you didn't have language for. Um, now, did that stretch you as a pastor, or were you behind it 100% uh, from the very beginning? Well, okay, so the mission thing is an important part of this puzzle, because when I yeah. when I was doing my Ph.D. in, in Christian mission, my uh, dissertation was on indigeneity, or another word is contextualization. Mm-hmm. In other words, how do we, how do we figure out how church fits in its in its context. One of the, um, and, and I love the story of international missions going back to William Carey, um, but one of, the, one of the mistakes that our forefathers and foremothers made was when they took the gospel, they also took a North American church structure and form, and so they exported, yeah. you know, whether it was, um, you know, American Baptists or Southern Baptists or Methodists or Presbyterians, we, we took our, our portable pump organs and, and hymns, and, you know, that's what yeah. Christianity looked like all over the world. And it, only when it became contextual in Asia and Latin America and Africa did it, did it really take off. So I, that, was what I, that was what I studied and tried to, and I thought I would live out that understanding of contextualization in Nigeria. But the, mm-hmm. the very same principles of contextualization or indigeneity are lived out through fresh expressions of church. So the question is not what are we going to do. The question becomes who do we want to engage, and then we ask what do we want to do. So if, it's, if we're trying to engage artists, well, that looks very different from the attempt to engage gamers. And so... The, we employ the same kinds of, of principles, like studying the group. Just like when I went to Nigeria, you know, we spent ten year, ten months before I did anything studying the Yoruba language, and part of that, of right. course, is a study of the culture. And so mm-hmm. um, we begin in fresh expressions. Uh, the, the fresh expressions philosophy or strategy is that we. We learn the people. We study. We study this subculture, and we we look for people in that subculture, both from our church and outside our church. And we try to, you know, we try to figure this out before we determine our um, our strategy. You know, one 
a, a very common and, and helpful strategy for church planning is we sit together and we decide what kind of church we're going to have, and then we decide we're going to have our first service on Easter Sunday, and we send out flyers and say, you know, come join us. But we know what kind of church we're going to have, and that's, that's not a bad strategy. It's just different from the Fresh Expressions strategy. The Fresh Expressions right. strategy asks, who, who are we trying to engage, and now what will that what will that look like? So my work as a yeah. as a mission strategist, if you will, has just prepared me, I think, beautifully for for this. And so it was not a stretch for me. In fact, it was very energy giving and very fulfilling for me to um, you know to figure out these to help try to figure out how we engage these people, half the popula- half the North American population that are unreachable by the programs and the facilities and the things that we know as church. Hmm. You know, that's such a different mindset of how to approach church like you're talking about. I, I don't know that it's um, revolutionary, but I certainly think it's um, going to be better received in, in the years to come, especially given our North American context and the amount of change that we're experiencing. It actually makes me think, I was I was at a church recently talking about um, table fellowship, not terribly different from, from table church concepts, and uh, we came across Luke 10, and it's one of my favorite passages of Scripture. And, and in that passage, it talks about Jesus sending out the 70 uh, or 72 and, and how they go into places where Jesus is going to go. And, and, and when they go to those spaces, they're to work alongside people and live with them and eat the food that is put before them and uh, a variety of other things. And um, I, I find that to be very contextual. It seems to be very similar to this type of ministry. But the thing that I that struck me the last time um, I read this and was talking with this group is that they kind of went not as the the, the people in power. Mm-hmm. You know, when when you do the first model you described, where you say we're going to be this kind of church and we're going to open on this day, it's kind of a, a position of of power. And this is we've already predetermined what we're going to be. And then the other way is going and and being with people and allowing those people to shape what the ministry becomes. And so you're not going as power as much as an aid and assistant to uh, the presence of the Spirit. Yeah, and we go as learners. Yeah. Not not so much as uh, now. Ultimately, we have a. We, ultimately, we have a message to to deliver, but we don't. Yeah, we absolutely. Don't, you don't speak till we till we listen. At least in theory. I mean, we, you know, we Americans yeah. especially have a hard time listening. But it, it, our the theory, yeah. the strategy is that we don't uh, we don't speak until we listen. Yeah, and, and that's kind of how that Luke 10 passage ends, is is that they do all those things, and then they can tell people that the kingdom of God has come near. And so uh, I think it's a great passage for, for this kind of conversation. So so let's talk about that then. Um, so what's happening for you? You kind of alluded to several fresh expressions there at Huntsville, um, but you've, you've got other, um, because of your travels, you've seen other fresh expressions. W- what are some ways that people are doing church creatively right now? What's new in fresh expressions? Yeah, um, so there are fresh expressions among dozens of what we call subcultures or microcultures. Uh, I know in North Carolina there are two kayak churches. In Richmond, Virginia, there's a church uh, among uh, 
indoor rock climbers. Um, nice. There are, um, I mean, it, it's just my, in, in, in uh, the western, excuse me, the eastern part of the state of Virginia, there's a, uh, a fresh expression of church among special needs kids. Well, these are, these are young adults and their families. What happened there was these kids came up through young life in high school and and then they graduated out of out of young life and they said well what do we do and they said well you know young life is not equipped to do anything so they began they began a church and so it's a subculture um there the the possibilities are almost uh, limitless in in the mm. middle of uh, Pennsylvania uh, these guys started a fresh expression of church in a in a gun club um and they all looked different. Now, the only real model that we have is called Dinner Church, and by that I mean you can mm, you can yeah. buy the book. We have two books that talk about Dinner Church, and you can actually figure it, it, it's, it's, it's a replicable, not co- cookie cutter necessarily, but it is a replicable model. The others, right. the others are, um, are, there is no model. It's, you know, there's some principles like we begin by loving and serving, or begin by listening and loving and serving the community, and then we try to figure out what it would look like. So there are some steps or some principles, but ultimately it's up to the spirit and the creativity of the people to, to figure out what, you know, what it would, what it would be. And so right. um, it's, it's hard for me to talk about anything that is, you know, that would be, that someone could duplicate because it really depends very much on who you're trying to, you know, who you're trying to engage. So we would say who in your church. So, okay. So look, quick story in, in central Pennsylvania, this pastor went to a vision, a fresh expressions vision day, became convinced that this was the next step for his church, came back and he asked his people one Sunday morning to write down the things they do outside of work, and uh, church, you know, just their normal activities, and so it was kind of what's your third space? And so they mm. wrote down everything from fitness clubs to gun clubs and theater and so on. And, and then he asked them, "Would you be willing to have a conversation about how you could take that and plant a new form of church in that subculture?" And that's how they launched multiple fresh expressions of church in their congregation. So he asked, wow. what do you do in your spare time, if you will? What are your passions? And yeah. um, there's a great line from one of our videos that I won't get exactly right, but it's a guy in Durham, North, uh, Durham, uh, North Carolina, who began a fresh expressions of church along a running trail, because he is a runner and works at, like, Fleet Feet or one of those running shoe stores. And he, he asks mm-hmm. at the end of the video, what do you do well? And then the next sentence is essentially, could you turn that into a church? And so that's where that's where lots of these conversations begin. Who, it, yeah. who in your congregation is willing to take what they love doing, and then turn it into a, a new form of church? And let me add this real quick, Greg. In, in this movement, yeah. the, the metrics are very different. If I go out and start a church, the traditional way, and I'm not dissing that, but. If I start a church in the traditional way, if in a couple of years, you know, I don't have a hundred folks, then it's going to be tough to sustain that. But in this model, usually they're much smaller, 
They're much simpler. They're led, almost all of them in North America, by uh, volunteers. They're, mm-hmm. they're very, to use a business term, cost-effective. It's, it's low-risk, high-reward. Like, in the three that we have going now, not counting Gamer Church, we, we rent a space every Saturday afternoon at this for our, our arts fresh expression of church. We rent a space in this um, big kind of an arts mecca. It's an old um, uh, mill, that has, cotton mill, that's been turned into this very kind of bohemian arts place, and we rent a studio mm-hmm. there every Saturday. On Thursday nights, we rent a place, uh, a room at a, what used to be a boys and girls club for dinner church. On uh, Thursday night, we borrow a room in a, a facility that's uh, about a block from our church. Um, you know, we, they'll do some cookouts and they'll do some special things, but they don't cost they don't cost much. And so, the, yeah. it, these are much more. Again, if it doesn't work, and my experience is about two thirds of them don't work. But if something – in the end, like the, the Wendy's on Wednesday, after a year, it folded. But but we celebrated right. what happened in the meantime, and we didn't lose anything. We were just borrowing a few yeah. tables at, at Wendy's on Wednesday afternoon. We didn't have to let anybody go or try to sell a building. We just said, hey, let's learn from that and, and move on. Yeah. See, I like the flexibility of that. I, th- I think that's the, the best part about the fresh expressions. While it makes some people very nervous and, and – gives it those nebulous edges there's really no hard edges is is that flexibility and maybe even seasonal maybe maybe it's not that it has to last a long time maybe a year is a long time to to do a ministry like that or or a church like that and um you know and and it has a life cycle and that's okay yeah you know most of the ones that of course we're still fairly early in the history of fresh expressions in north america but these that yeah. make it, if you make it past a year or so, they they have lasting power. I mean, I don't know anyone, fresh expression that lasted more than a year that has folded. Usually, they if they're mm. going if they're not going to make it, it, it becomes fairly obvious early on. But okay. but um, if if you can get roots, they're they they have sustainability. Wow, that's good. So we, we're going to be uh, American Baptist Churches of Nebraska has partnered with Fresh Expressions and also the United Methodist Church uh, in the Great Plains area, which is Kansas and Nebraska. Um, we're going to host a vision day that you've kind of described a little bit on February 2nd at the Water's Edge Church in Western Omaha. It's going to go from 9 a.m. to 330 and you are going to be one of the keynote speakers there for that training event. Mm-hmm. So for those who would consider going to a vision day, what should they expect to experience at one of those? Yeah. So let me say a real quick word about Methodists. So two things. One, uh, they, the, the, <laughs> let's warn is, all of our Baptist readers of or listeners of <laughs> what a Methodist is. Yeah. Well, they, the, the Methodists have come alongside us here. In two of our fresh expressions, the one among people in recovery and the one, um, the dinner church, they have come alongside us to partner with us. So this is a really neat 
it's a really neat thing that can happen, and and it is it feels so Wesleyan that lots of Methodists have jumped in. But okay, anyway, yeah. back to the to the Vision Day. So so I mean, I th- I think that's something else good about this is not only are these fresh expressions of church connected to a local body, um, you know, an existing congregation, but it is also clearly a, a way to kind of bridge some of those ecumenical ties. Yeah. Oh yeah. My goodness, that's been one of the most fun things about this movement for me. Yeah. Very good. So vision days. Yeah. Okay. What's going on in those? So um, we will, and I think Chris Beckert is going to be my uh, partner at that one. I've got actually two back wow. to back, and I can't not Chris Beckert, Chris Beckert. That, that uh, we have different two different me- members of the of the team with very similar names, but still, we're it, looking forward to either Chris. Exactly. She'll she'll be great if that's who it is. I think that's who it is. Um, or it might be Michael Beck. Uh, anyway, I don't know who it'll be, but it'll be it'll be good. So we, you know, we will um, certainly set forth um, in, in, you know, slides and videos and verbally, we set forth the um, principles of, um, of fresh expressions. We use a lot of stories because we find that people can connect with stories of fresh expressions. Almost, uh, gosh, if they could do that, maybe I could do this kind of thing. Uh, lots of interaction and. Um, you know, we'll go. Uh, we'll we'll do some table exercises, but but people will leave there. I I think with a enough information that they could go back to their church and have a conversation among people with a pioneer spirit as to whether or not in, indeed God is prompting us to do this, and if He is, uh, how could we how could we pull it off? I, I have found these to be. Uh, high energy events because the people who are there are are really interested. You know, they they're they're there for a purpose, a reason. They've chosen to be there, and and so I have found all of these vision days to be really high energy. And like I said, when I was in Richmond, Virginia, it was at one of these very things, these very vision days, that Valerie Carter on our staff said, "Hey, we need to take this ministry to prostitutes to the next level." And I think that could happen to everybody, you know, that comes to this vision day that we're talking about. They could, you know, maybe it's a, maybe it's a, a food pantry. Maybe it's a blanket ministry to, to homeless people. Maybe it's a, I don't know, maybe it's violin lessons on Sundays at the church. What is, you know, what ministry could a church add a little juice to? And we talk about that. And, um, and turn into a, a new form of church for people highly unlikely to come to your church. And, and another thing about this is it, it energizes the rest of the church. So yesterday morning, mm, uh, we, yeah. we had a baptism in our 815 service of a young lady who came to faith through dinner church. You know, I, was, I invited all the volunteers for dinner church who were present to stand um, the fact that we had engaged a young lady who's of a socioeconomic group that probably we would have a, have had a hard time engaging uh, typically was brought real energy to the church to the service and people begin to think, well, what could I do? You know what? Even if I'm not part of a fresh expression of church, what could I do? So I think people will go back to their churches from this vision day with some energy that would become contagious among both the pioneers of fresh expressions and even 
even the rest of the church. Like one guy in that central Pennsylvania church I was talking about who said, you know, I, I'm probably not going to be part of a fresh expression, but I think I might invite my neighbor to church. So, you know, it just yeah. kind of infects the, the whole church. At least it's been my experience that it's, it's contagious and infects the whole church with this outward focus that that is hard to pull off otherwise. All right, very good. Well, um, how about for you personally? What do you, what do you got coming up? Anything interesting happening? Oh well, I mean, I'm going to I'm going to Israel with uh, 72 of our folks here in uh, on December the 26th, and that ought to be um, wow. That ought to be fun. So I'll get back on the ground and about two or three weeks later come and see you. All right, very good. I I've been to Israel twice, and uh, they've been really great experiences for me. So I hope you and your church and uh, have a really good trip. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's been great talking with uh, Travis Collins from First Baptist Church in Huntsville, but also going to be a keynote speaker and leader at the uh, Vision Day for Fresh Expressions on February 2nd here in Omaha. He was also our keynote speaker and leader at our Fall Pastors Conference this past October. So uh, it's been great to partner with Travis in this way, and we appreciate him taking some time to be on our podcast today. Well, gosh, I... Greg, I appreciate you uh, having me, and I'm looking forward to being with you again. Yeah, I appreciate it, too. If if our listeners had a question about your ministry yeah. or um, or about Fresh Expressions, is there a way they can get a hold of you, or is there a website they should be directed to? Well, both. Uh, my email is just Travis, T-R-A-V-I-S, at F-B-C-H-S-V. So that's like First Baptist Church, H-S-V. So Travis at okay. fbchsb.org, or the website is uh, freshexpressionsus.org. If you go to freshexpressions.org, it's a, it's a good website, but that's the British website. If you go to um, mm-hmm. freshexpressionsus.org, that'll be us, and um, I, I think they'll find um, lots of good stuff there. Yeah, and on that website, if you go to the top, there's uh, a link for events. Mm -hmm. And if you just scroll down to Omaha, Nebraska on February 2nd, you can register for this Vision Day. So um, we would love to have you. It's $25 for ABC Nebraska people. And uh, so we look forward to having as many people there as we can. Well, thanks for your time, Travis. I appreciate it. Hey, thank you, Greg. All right, bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Mission in 5, the podcast. Keep tuning in as we introduce you to ministry practitioners impacting the churches of Nebraska and the larger American Baptist community. Be sure to check out the show notes for links and information to Dr. Travis Collins. Down in those show notes, you will also see the links to Fresh Expressions and a link to register for the February 2nd Vision Day. Subscribe to this podcast at Podbean, iTunes, or Google Play. While there, be sure to rate and review us so we know how you're enjoying the podcast and so others can find it in the future. Send us ideas on who you'd like us to interview for future episodes. And as always, feel free to support us by giving through our PayPal link on our abcnebraska.com website. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day.